Are you making fun of me, Riz? I am. Some people can be so touchy. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and learning more about the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's so hot, sometimes I wonder if he's contributing to global warming. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rosetti. How you doing, toots? I'm good. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> How are how are dangerous you? Dangerous for the environment. I am. It's um, a problem. I'm great. I'm I'm here. We're doing the thing. What have we had to eat this week that's delicious? Mm. We just had something from the Hot for Food cookbook, Lauren Toyota's new cookbook. We had a we sure did pink beet caramel popcorn. Delicious. Are you caramel or caramel? Let me think. I'm trying to think. We've how had I this discussion it. before. I should have like, just asked if you I to say repeat it. Caram- I think I say caramel caramel i've tried to start saying caramel now we also had the celebration cowboy cookie bars from my new book Ooh. epic Vegan, quick and easy we had those last night we had some a pre- couple friends over dinner now. pre-order available now y'all can order my book uh epic vegan quick and easy right now you can pre-order that uh it's available everywhere books are sold but hey we're here to talk about sam turnbull this week sam turnbull fast easy cheap vegan 101 recipes you can make in 30 minutes or less less for ten dollars or less and with 10 ingredients or less that's right uh yeah it's her second book and what's cool is last week we had somebody on uh, whose book is actually it came out today. It's March 16th coming out today, uh, Hot for Food. And this week we've got somebody's book who's coming on that you can pre-order. Uh, and it's Sam Turnbull, as I've mentioned. And you can pre-order the book. And she's got an incentive for you as well. She'll get a little more into it. But you get a bunch of free recipes if you pre-order the book. So it's nice we've had these people on where we get to sort of... Uh, showcase the books ahead of time and this book's going to come out on march 30th but that's another reason we're not doing uh the flip through like we usually do here with you my love because we don't have the book we don't have the book to flip through yet Uh, i did have a digital copy to cook a few things from but we don't have the hard copy to flip through and talk about the tasty bites so we'll just leave it up to sam to chat about it but uh from this book i've made the apple turnovers from her new book Mm. yes 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 they were super easy to make just like the title suggests uh and super tasty so you're going to hear, we talk about lots of things. Veggie broth powder. She has this mix in the book that she makes for it. She also has a bunch of DIY popcorn stuff that she does in her book. Pastas, great breakfast options. So many, so many things. So let's talk about it a little bit. All right. Sam Turnbull is the creator of the brand and blog. It doesn't taste like chicken. Launched in 2015, Sam's blog receives up to 2 million page views monthly. And her first book, Fuss Free Vegan, is a bestseller. Sam is also a YouTuber and social media influencer with over 136,000 followers on Instagram and tens of thousands of followers on the other major social platforms. Uh, Sam won Best Blog of 2020, ooh, so new, uh, by Veg News, which was was voted on by over 2.6 million people. Uh, A face for the vegan community, Sam and her recipes have been featured across TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, podcasts, as well as prominent websites and other online platforms. Sam's follow-up to Fuss-Free Vegan, as I've mentioned, is fast, easy, cheap vegan, 101 recipes you can make in 30 
minutes or less for $10 or less and with 10 ingredients or less. Ooh, I got it all right that time. That was nice. Uh, it's highly anticipated by everyone because the first book is so fantastic. It's just like her blog is and her YouTube series is. She makes cooking easy and accessible for everyone. And this uh, follow-up book is no exception. Uh, and she's here to tell us all about it. So here she is, Sam Turnbull. <laughs> She's got fuss-free vegan recipes for you coming at you with not one, but two. It's the creator of It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken, blogtress and YouTuber, two cookbooks, Sam Turnbull. Welcome to the podcast, darling. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. That was a lovely introduction. <laughs> fuss-free. It's like my two favorite words, and you embody all that it is. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Easy peasy. Yes. Name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with an icebreaker question. What was your first record tape or cd that you ever owned <laughs> um i think that would be a cd and it was probably right said fred up with the song i'm too sexy you know that one <laughs> really yeah that I'm is sure amazing that <laughs> i know that Very song goofy. do you remember that music video? he's like bald and like in like a tank top right Actually, I have no idea what the music You've video is. You've never seen like. the music video? I, I don't I, think I have. I do remember that song. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, that's great. <laughs> that was a great answer. I um, Mine is a weird... They did... Um, so musical theater is a big part of my history. And they, they used to do... I don't know if they still do it. But they would do like these strange recordings with people that were not the actual cast of the show with like some random orchestra as well so i had my first cd was i think my mom thought she was getting me the recording to the cast recording of miss saigon but it was actually one of these like strange like <laughs> b sort of recordings of a strange just a bunch of singers getting together to do miss saigon so it was a very strange cd later i went and bought myself the actual miss saigon all as well <laughs> Um, that was a bit of a letdown. yeah yeah right i was i was like oh this is great i put it in i was like this is not correct I was like, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> it's not off here. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly how it sounds too. Like if you'd heard it before, you're like, something's a little off. Um, I should explain to everyone who's listening. Uh, Sam has been waiting for me for about almost 10 minutes now because I'm in Atlanta in the bit, a little bit of a storm and the power went out twice and then Zoom wouldn't come up and then my internet wouldn't come up. So we're chancing it. We're throwing caution to the wind. And um, we're going to hope that we get through this and uh, we're able to not get cut off by the power going off. Sam, I'll say right now, if it does, let's just cut our losses for the night and we'll get back on the, <laughs> the phone tomorrow and go from there. Sounds perfect. But I hope we get through it because uh, it's really nice chatting with you already. Yes, it's great to chat with you. And I, I'm manifesting good vibes about it. I think we're going to get through it. Um, and I know your story and I've been a fan of It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken for some time. I think I first discovered you at some point when I was trying to play with uh, vegan cheese recipes a bit and I came across an ooey gooey mozzarella you have on your blog. But can mm -hmm. you, it's delicious. <laughs> I remember it. Uh, can you tell our listeners a bit about who you are and what It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken is and how it came about? Uh, sure. Yeah. Great. So um, to my story to start, I guess, yes. is that I'm, as, as I think many of us are, one of those people who never thought in a million years that I would go vegan. <laughs> um, I grew up on a farm and there's literally uh, chefs and butchers and hunters in my family. And I grew up in a house with animal heads on the walls. So not ah! vegan. <laughs> 
Yeah, so it was a bit crazy. And and I loved meat. I did. I loved steaks and I loved cheese and all of that sure. stuff. And so, yeah, I never thought in a million years I'd go vegan. Do, but then, you do know. Do you ever one... think about, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I want to no, ask you at this point in your story, because I think about like when I used to go to like steakhouses and stuff and get a steak. And now I just think about that. And I'm like, how did I? Like, it, it is unfathomable to me that I, I ever <laughs> even did that. Like, do you have that same feeling? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like the idea of biting into a piece of dead animal is just about the most crazy, repulsive right? thing I can think of. Well, how and did... I used to love it, which is so weird. So crazy. And I think I'm, and I think exactly like that. I'm like, I mean, th- I used to not even think twice about it. It was, it was no, never mind. Um, no, yeah, how was it with your family when you, well, I'll let you tell your story. Cause I wanted to know about when you said that living around everyone who you did and all that, but go ahead, tell your story. Uh, yeah, so it was in 2012, um, and it was right before Christmas, which, by the way, is not the best time to go vegan. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, but I just sat down and watched a documentary, and really, I was just having one of those days where I was like, you know what, I'm feeling kind of chubby. I want to like slender up for the holidays, or just feel a little bit healthier. And so I watched a documentary called Vegucated, which I thought was about vegetables, <laughs> and I guess it was, but it was really about people going vegan. And then, yeah, I, I like made the switch and went vegan overnight. I'm like, that's it for me. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, mine was, um, I read a book called Skinny Bastard and then actually, and that was, I didn't do it. And did you, you said you did it overnight. You just switched overnight. You did it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's always some hiccups along the way and sure. some lessons learned and all of that stuff. But yeah, basically it inspired me enough that in the morning I woke up and cleaned out my kitchen to get rid of any animal products I had and went grocery shopping. And then the following night I watched um, the documentary Forks Over Knives and I was like, oh my God, now there's even more reasons uh-huh. to be vegan. Uh-huh. So I, just, like, I just kept layering on all the reasons. So yeah, I just really went for it right from the beginning. You said something funny on your in your about section on your blog. You talk about how like you were almost like you wanted, you, you were happy you were making the choice and you knew you were doing it for the right reasons, but then you're almost mad that you had educated yourself because you were like, but I want food. Like I want the things I'm used to having. <laughs> and I thought that was so exactly yeah well i think you know uh the truth is if you're if you're vegan i mean it's just a little bit more common now but still even still it's not the average thing and i think everyone thinks they want to stand out and be different but the reality is is a lot of time we just want to blend in and you know go with the flow and be easy and we don't want to be that person who shows up and is like oh, actually i can't eat that right <laughs> and i don't want to like miss out on going to like nice restaurants and stuff like that sure. so yeah i, I was I knew I wanted to be vegan because it aligned with everything I believed in. And I knew it was kind of the right thing to do for me and the animals and the environment. But like at first it sucked, to be honest. It was hard. Like I had no friends that were vegan. Right, right. People didn't exactly. even know what it meant. Yep. Yep. And so here I am just being on my own, just being difficult, which I didn't want to be. Well, and what but, year but was I this? I had to do it. When was this? Like what year? <laughs> That was 2012. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah, around that time still, I mean, I feel like veganism has grown so much in the last like five, six years. So even around that time, I remember, cause I went vegan around 2009, around 2012, it's still very difficult. People just kind of like thinking it's weird and being like, well, what mm-hmm. is that? What do you mean? What are you talking about? How did your family take it then? Uh, yeah, I think everyone was just kind of, you know, um, shocked and uh, they didn't really know what to think of it. I think they thought it was just kind of something I was doing for a minute. Sure. I don't think anyone thought it would not only be something that I do forever, but also become my career. Yeah, manifest into this beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think everyone was just a little bit shocked and kind of just, but not not like 
I don't know. They just kind of were just like, ah, okay, whatever. Just put that over there then and ignore it. <laughs> I think that's what it kind of felt How like. How they felt like, yeah. I mean, well, that moves us into this this wonderful thing you've created here. So then it all moved into what is your career uh, as a great blogger and YouTuber? It doesn't taste like chicken. How did that all come about then? Uh, thank you. Um, yeah, it, it, so basically through that, like I grew up in a very much a foodie and chef household. Like when we woke up in the morning, it, the first questions were always, oh, what are we going to make for dinner? And we'd like plan out a menu. Like dinner was definitely the centerpiece of the day pretty much. Um, so I really wanted to make vegan food that was good, that I could prove to people that I could be, not be apologetic for. You know, when I first started looking at different recipes and going to different blogs that were available at the time and different cookbooks, there was a lot of vegan food that was really health focused and kind of smoothies and energy balls and all that stuff. And yeah. that's fine for some people, but that's just not what I wanted to sure. eat. So I just had to start playing around in the kitchen and making some of my own recipes. And uh, when I did, I was like, oh, actually, you know what? This is not as hard as I thought it was going to be. And even better, it tastes really good. <laughs> and so I just started sharing these recipes online, just kind of just to be like, hey, look, friends and family, like, see, you can make vegan food good. Like this, it's good, right? I love it. Um, yeah. And then, but then, you know, with the internet, um, people from all over the world started commenting that they love my recipes, uh, which that just made me fall in love with vegan cooking. So I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm sharing something I, that I feel like is really good for the environment and the animals and people's health and all that stuff. And now people around the world are just telling me how great my recipe is. And I've always said, I'm like a dog. If you pat me on the head and tell me I'm good, I'll love you forever. Ah. So this is just like <laughs> the best you'll, reward. Not only that, you'll <laughs> deliver again and again, because you just keep going yes, here I with will. the great recipes. That's I'll fantastic. Keep that stick back now, do you, do you take the these recipes? Have you fed your family with all of your fantastic recipes? And they have they fallen in love with your cooking? Oh, of course. Yes, they love my recipes. They make Good. them all themselves as well. Yeah, everyone loves the food, whether they're vegan or not. Has anyone it's in your food. family gone vegan? Um, there's people who tried to go vegan okay. for a minute and then gave up. Right. So I'll give them credit for that. Um, but so no full vegans, but uh, the, like in my close family, for example, people that my mom and dad and sister have dr like dramatically reduced their sure. consumption, which is great. So you know, I'm not I'm not going to get mad at people who are not being all the way not being perfect i think every little bit helps so i do love that yes, and, and i think it's great come on no way you and i are, are not the vegan police that's one of the reasons i do enjoy uh your your content so much not the vegan police we support you no matter where you are on your journey um absolutely i do think that's really great about your family same with mine sort of they've reduced their intake my mom actually when you know the what was it the whopper had the impossible my mom was like oh i have to try that i've got to try the impossible burger at, at burger king and i was like <laughs> Okay. I'm like, that's better than you eating a Whopper. Um, yeah. I was like, I wish go. you weren't eating Burger King at all. But she's like, I just every now and then, every now and then. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, hey, that's all right. Um, but hey, she, yeah. she said she actually likes the Impossible better than the Whopper. So that was good to know. Uh, hey, that's even better. Yeah, step in the right direction. Well, do you recall when you did start cooking? We're talking about, you know, when you started looking at blogs and cookbooks and all that. What was your very first vegan cookbook that you owned? Do you remember? Oh, the first one I own. Hmm. I think that might have been Veganomicon by uh, Isashandra. Oh, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Good one. Yes, yes, yes. I think it's part of her name. It's not her full name. I don't. <laughs> it's Issa Chandra Moskowitz and Terry Hope Romero. So for everyone out there, it's vegan. There you go. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Vegan Omicron. It Thank was, you. well, yeah, I, someone got it for me as a gift when I first went vegan and I was like, this. That's what happened to me as well. Yay. We're gift buddies. It was like too much for me at the time though. I was like, this is a very big book. This is intimidating. Like, what is this? Um, and as years have <laughs> kind passed. Kind of felt the same way. Yeah. And, but, not enough pictures for me. It's a great book for sure. If you actually make the rest but yes <laughs> I like pictures <laughs> yes 100% I could not agree more um and that was the interesting that's one of the interesting things about that book is it's very very popular it's one that people get when they first go vegan or they get gifted when they mm-hmm. go vegan or other people gift vegans and there's not that many pictures in it and it always I'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always so surprised by the popularity for that reason alone because I know that's always like a thing with people you know but yeah, well, it's a thing for me, anyways. But I, but you know, some people the joy of cooking has no pictures. I don't think, and that's been a popular book for however many millions of yes, years. Yes, <laughs> very true, very true, very good point to make. Well, you've you are two time author, as we've mentioned. Your second book is about to come out on March thirtieth, correct? Yes, I'm so excited. Fantastic! And before we jump into talking about that, which we're going to do, we're going to do completely. We're going to dive into that book. I want to tell our listeners that they can. Uh, they should jot down the name of your first contribution as an author. It came to us in 2017, I believe. Is that right? That's right. And yeah. it was your first book, Fuss Free Vegan, 101 Everyday Comfort Food Favorites. Sam, what is your ultimate comfort food recipe from that book? Like, what's like something you, I, I would imagine, because your recipes are, are so um, accessible and, and like, oh, I'm going to make that tonight. And then you can just kind of do it. Like, what's, what's like a comfort food recipe you go back to again and again in that book? I mean, to be honest, in that book, there's a lot <laughs> Good. that I go back to. Um, I have that my my personal copy is like ripped and torn up and sitting on my kitchen table at most times. But um, I think whenever I'm like actually really wanting a comfort food kind of meal, I always go for my tofu bolognese. Oh, I love that. That's delicious. Sounds delicious. Yeah, it's so chewy and meaty in a good way, in a vegan way. Right, in a vegan way. Meaty um, in a vegan way. I yeah. love that. And uh, yeah, I just love it. Like for me, pasta is just like the ultimate comfort food. Mm-hmm. So I love it. Well, I love that you say that about your book too, that you go back to it again and again. I find myself going to um, my books often. Like I didn't know that would be a thing. And I every time I do, I get so happy because I'm like, well, I hope if I'm going back to it, that somebody else is going back to it again. Because like, I'll just go back to like make a little this or that or like a sauce or something. And I'm like, oh, good. Thank goodness. You know, at least I'm exactly. using it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, with that first book, that was literally my goal. I I wrote the book that I wish I had when I went vegan. So I I still use it for that reason. (laughs) That's great. Well, let's dig into your next book. We we get those buzzwords right off the bat. So we know exactly what this is with the title fast, Mm -hmm. easy, cheap, vegan, 101, 101 recipes you can make in 30 minutes or less for $10 or less and with 10 ingredients or less. You really thrive in this arena. You make cooking accessible to everyone. Carnivores, omnivores, and even exciting for seasoned vegans. What attracted you the most about writing a book with all of these sort of promises? I mean, this this is a promise right up front, a pretty strong promise. So these are what attracted you to uh, making this offer to the home cook? Yeah, well, I think there's a big misconception about vegan food that uh, that it's time consuming, that it's hard, and that it's 
expensive. And so I just really wanted to bust all of those myths with one foul swoop. Perfect. Um, so yeah, just taking all of that stress out of it. I think everyone thinks that vegan, going vegan is going to be like way more complicated and harder to do. And it can be depending on what you do, but you know, you can cook any kind of cuisine and make it really difficult or generally make it really easy. And I'm all about those easy recipes, as you said. Yes. Yes. Easy recipes are everything. And you, you're you giving it tenfold in this book. You start things off with a chapter that I think is so useful in the vegan kitchen. It's a mixes chapter, y'all. She's given us mixes, little bases we can keep in our pantry here. Um, I'm just going to tell people exactly what's in this chapter. We've got a tofu scramble seasoning, pancake and waffle mix, biscuit mix, muffin mix, mac and cheese powder, veggie broth powder, mushroom gravy, yellow cake mix, devil's food cake mix, hot chocolate mix, and DIY spices. Now, the veggie broth powder is the most intriguing to me. Tell us about it. Is it? <laughs> uh, well, I just never seem to have enough vegetable broth on hand. And me so I love too, when I can just honey. have this powder. Exactly. You can just have it in the pantry. It doesn't take up any room. And they just mix it with some hot water. And then there you go. Instant veggie broth. You don't have to spend all this time preparing it or, you know, buying the stuff in the cartons. It's just there and ready to go. So I love that. Well, so tell us then what's, what's in, like, what's in the powder? What, what's, what is it? Um, yeah. So it's basically just a bunch of spices and uh, flavors that it would be in a vegetable broth powder or in a vegetable broth. Perfect. And so you just let it steep with the hot water and it turns out beautiful and delicious. I'm obsessed with that. It's genius. Did like, how did you think of that? Had you seen like, I had never seen like a veggie broth powder before. Had you seen it before? And then you were like, Oh, I'm going to come up with my own on that. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you can buy veggie broth powders in your grocery store. Um, no, no. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. I love that. They're there. <laughs> well, now I don't have to buy them. <laughs> but I like make to my make own. my own. Yeah, I was going to say, now I can yeah. make my own with your recipe. So there. Huh, huh. Yeah. Uh, Cheaper and better. Yes. And when it comes to DIY spices, you give us a few spices in here, like Italian seasoning, pumpkin pie spice, and Cajun seasoning. Uh, what made you choose the specific DIY spices you did for this book? Are they ones you typically use the most? And I think you kind of just said it. DIY is, is it's cheaper and better, right? That's right. Yeah, cheaper and better. But yeah, no, the reason why I chose the spice mixes specifically is in this book, I wanted to keep all the recipes 10 ingredients or less. So if you wanted to buy these spice mixes, Italian seasoning, that kind of thing, uh, you can easily buy them in the grocery store if you want to just be that much easier. There's no problem with that. Um, or you could just mix your own if you want to save, you know, a couple dollars down the line. So you can go either way, but that, that way you can get a whole bunch of flavor with just one with one mix on hand. That's great. Well, and for the breakfast chapter we're moving into, I'm loving some of these quick quip names like hash and a dash, French toast in a mug and morning rush <laughs> potato pancakes. Tell us about the grab and go smoothie kits. Yeah, so in this book, I have a whole bunch of recipes, which I call choose your own adventure recipes, yes. <laughs> which I love. It's like that throwback to kids cookbooks, right, where you get to like choose yes. your own adventure and you see the different ending. So because uh, when you're making food, I think one of the best ways you can uh, make food that doesn't cost that much money is to use it with the ingredients you already have on hand. So I made a whole bunch of recipes with this choose your own adventure kind of vibe so that you can just look around your kitchen, see what you have on hand and uh, make your own recipes. So for the grab and blend smoothie kits, you basically just take your different kinds of fruit, different spices, different uh, other add-ins uh, in whatever kind of combination you like. And so I give you a guide on how to know exactly how to put uh, each one of each thing in. <laughs> and then you can just freeze little individual bags or you know containers of your kit. And then it's ready to go in the freezer. So um, it can just live in the freezer until you want to have a smoothie. You toss it in the blender. 
And then there you go. You have instant smoothies all made for you in advance. I have to do that more often. I really, really need to do that more often. It makes it so convenient. (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes like in the morning, I'll be like, oh, I want a smoothie. And I'm like, oh, I just don't feel like like dealing with all that right now. Uh, (laughs) You have to take all the stuff out. Yes, yes, yes. You have to cut up stuff. Exactly. This will help me. Measure it all out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, we move into the snacks chapter. My husband and I actually make an effort to keep snacks, snacky foods out of the house. And by that, I mean chips and pretzels and cookies because we can't resist the temptation but this chapter is loaded with the one <laughs> thing that we do keep in the house so i can't wait to dive in a little more popcorn honey popcorn My favorite. <laughs> uh, and clearly because you have six different types of popcorn in the snacks chapter tell us about a couple of your favorite popcorns in here Ah, uh, yeah, well, I couldn't help it. The popcorn is my favorite because it's such a great crispy base. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I'm like you too. I also don't have a lot of chips and cookies in the house that often because I will eat them. I'll just eat but, them. But uh, I don't feel bad about popcorn because, you know, you can make it really healthy. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Um, I, I love chips. Just uh, probably, yeah, my favorite comfort food probably would be chips. But I like to make popcorn taste like chips, which is why I have like the cool ranch popcorn, oh, which I think is my favorite. Amazing. <laughs> That's delicious. yeah, that's my favorite. And then cheesy BBQ is my fiance's favorite. He's obsessed with that one. So we're always fighting over who gets to oh my <laughs> choose gosh. what flavor. I'll have to make that one for my husband. He'll love that one. He's uh, obsessed with barbecue sauce. Fiance, that's right. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Yes. How exciting. <laughs> have you picked a date yet? Oh, yes. It's all sorted. Oh, uh, I yeah, love we're just having it. a Good. micro wedding this year because uh, you can't do much other than sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. Or at least you can't guarantee. Well, that's but, good. Yeah, it's all sorted. Fun. That's great. Fantastic. We were engaged for like two years and everyone kept being like, what's the date? I'm like, I don't know. I have not gotten around to that yet. We're getting there. Um, but we did oh, it. No. We, we want to get it done. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we was just like, <laughs> we traveled so much. We were never in the same space. So it was just kind of like, we're, we're just waiting to be in one spot together. Then it'll be, get done. So I'm glad you've got it sorted Uh-oh. and underway. That's fantastic. Uh, Fabulous. We're always in the same spot. There's no travel right now. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Well, and our next chapter takes us into soups here. And to me, this is the epitome of fast and easy and cheap. When I was writing my next book, I included mm-hmm. a soups chapter, and I actually found it difficult to pick the ones I wanted to be in the book. What were a couple must-have soups for you to have in this book? Mm, I really like the perfect pot pies because that um, makes it it tastes like you're eating like a chicken pot pie but vegan and it's just in soup so you can have it with some crackers to get that kind of pastry vibe or not but it's just really delicious and really hearty and satisfying so I love that one Um, I love the garlic bread soup because you literally put bread in the soup so it's a great soup to use the ends of bread and like little bits that you have left over um, and it's super garlicky and like scrumptious and wonderful. So that's a really good one too. Scrumptious <laughs> sounds like the exact right word. Garlic bread soup. That's that's genius talk right there. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> yes. And I would I would definitely have that, it sounds like, maybe with a light salad, which is your next chapter. Vegans eat more salad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Vegans eat more than salad, we always like to tell people. But uh, that that's almost turned us into this group of people who only eat junk food. And that's not true. Uh, we love salads, actually. <laughs> so uh, clearly you do as well. What's one of your favorite go-to salads in this chapter? I do love salad. Yes, I admit that. Um, I I love the quick kale Caesar. I love. I don't know what it is, but I can. If there's a kale Caesar uh, on a menu at a restaurant, I will order it every time. I just have to. Really, <laughs> I just love that combination. Yeah, and so uh, this is just my hack to make it like super easy and super quick at home, which I, I love. So I make it all the time. 
the go-to for me for sure. That's great. I love those too. Uh, my favorite section in any cookbook when they have one is a noodles chapter and yours has one, the noodles chapter. What's your favorite shape of pasta, Sam? Oh, I think, um, that's a good question. Maybe spaghetti, I guess. <laughs> ah, oh, all right. All right. Traditional. I love it. Well, I think so. yeah, I have to giggle a little because my next book has the subtitle quick and easy and you and I have the same food brain a little bit when it comes to titles. You have the presto avocado pesto. And I kid you not, <laughs> a recipe in my next book is the presto pesto avocado toast. So oh my God, we, we are literally it. on the same page. I'm feeling your your pesto avocado here. Uh, and there's a few others where we align. We are trying to make it quick and easy for you people, please. Uh, so good on us, I say. Well, mm-hmm. I love an avocado pesto. And again, I'm drawn into some time indicators here, like the 25-minute taste of Italy and 10-minute creamy miso udon noodles. Can you tell me, though, about the 10-ingredient creamy basil gnocchi? Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorites. Mm. So easy to make. <laughs> uh yeah I, I love that gnocchi seems like such a fancy thing but these days you can just buy it uh in the grocery store it's sometimes it's uh on the shelf in a stable package and sometimes it's in the freezer and a lot of the time most of the time from my my research it's accidentally vegan so it's really handy so you can just grab it toss it with your favorite seasonings like in this recipe and in this particular recipe makes it very creamy, very basilly, and like it seems very gourmet, but it literally takes 10 minutes. <laughs> I love that. I haven't even thought of buying every time I think of gnocchi, I'm like, oh, but then I have to like do the thing and make the thing. I haven't thought of like get it. I've gotten it at the store before, but for some reason now I'm gonna think of that more often because like I would like to enjoy more gnocchi in my life without actually having oh, to make it from scratch. So delicious. Yes, you've Yeah, no, you don't have to make it from scratch. Yeah. People don't make uh, their pasta from scratch right. every day. Don't feel the need to make gnocchi from scratch right. every day. I guess for some reason I just thought I don't know why, knowing that I I think I've gotten it at Trader Joe's before and it was vegan. Um, um, but I guess I, I thought, um, I don't know. I guess I thought most of them in the store were not vegan for some reason, but it's yeah, great no, to know take a look. Are. Trust me, they are. I <laughs> love it. That's great. Well, the mains is always a great chapter in a quick and easy book because so often people think for the main entree, it has to be this labored process, right? And that simply isn't mm-hmm. the case. You prove that with recipes like the 20 minute sticky, gin- sticky ginger stir fry, loaded lentil burritos, personal pita pizzas, and the herb butter and tofu broccoli. I want to make that one the herb butter and tofu broccoli, everybody. Mm. Um, now I'm drawn to something in the mains chapter called a gazintable for personal reasons. Let me tell you a story. Okay. Once <laughs> okay. upon a time, I toured with Sesame Street Live in a show called Elmo's Coloring Book, and I played a character by the name of Professor Art who invented a machine called the Gazinta 2000. I kid you no not. No way. I That's swear amazing. to you, right? And we would put pictures from Elmo's coloring book into the Gazinta 2000, and then we would go to the places in the coloring book pages. So I have fond memories of the word Gazinta, but I'm assuming this is a different Gazinta. Uh, can you fill me in and the <laughs> listeners in on what the Gazinta Bowl guide from the mains chapter is? Yeah, that's amazing. What a coincidence. Right? I thought I invented that word. (laughs) I mean, basically, you did, because I can't imagine that. I mean, unless you did see Elmo's coloring book, even then, I I would applaud you for repurposing it this way. But you came up with it. It's your word. Uh, well, it's actually, I think, my mom's word because she she used to make this. So anytime there was kind of nothing left over, we didn't know what to make for dinner. She'd just say she was making gazinta. So whatever was in the fridge would gazinta it. <laughs> How funny. 
Yeah, so I just, I love, you know, uh, it's very common if, if we don't have that many greens left in the house or we don't really feel like making something complicated, if you just have some leftover rice and some beans and like some veggies, whatever, I just give you a really good guide on how to take the, all those little bits and pieces that you may have and make something really delicious. So just a really delicious bowl that you can get, you know, they serve those kinds of bowls all the time at restaurants, but they're so easy to make at home. Of course. Do you, can you recall a particularly delicious gazinta bowl you've made? Oh gosh. Or like favorite items <laughs> that like something where you're like, oh, I love it when I have that leftover because I can toss that into my gazinta bowl. Oh, I'm, I'm obsessed with tofu. I know that's super, super vegan. but <laughs> you know, Me and you, the same. I think we would have a blast eating together. I actually literally, literally have tofu that I just air fried waiting for me for dinner. I'm making a general sauce <laughs> tofu and I, I love cannot it. wait. I'm very excited. Can never have too much leftover tofu. So yeah, I've always been delighted about tofu. But I think when it comes to the gazinta bowl, it's really about the sauce. You yeah. have to have the best sauces. So I do have a whole bunch of sauces in uh, this book that you can drizzle all over because it really doesn't matter as long as you put, you know, a variety of vegetables and grains and things. Uh, if you just cover it in a delicious sauce, maybe even two sauces, it'll be like super delish. Two sauces. That's uh, brilliant. Of course, I love two sauces. We're a saucy family here. Um, what uh, mm-hmm. are a couple of your favorite <laughs> sauces? That, um, that are my in this Caesar book. dressing. Ah. Yeah, my Caesar dressing. Yes. It's really great. <laughs> um, so that one, uh, I do a hack uh, that I came across somewhere. And um, someone used hummus in a dressing. And I was like, that's kind of weird. That's kind of brilliant. And so I tried it. And yeah, you can make a really quick and easy creamy dressing. So I have a whole play on that. I have nice. a hummus Caesar, but I also have a hummus ranch and a hummus blue cheese dressing, all vegan, of course. Wow. So those are some of my favorite really easy to make ones. And then, that. yeah, I'm also a really big fan of um, my smoky lime dressing because I just love those flavors, smoky and limey and delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it sounds delicious. My friend, uh, her name's Ashley Madden. She did the podcast a while ago. She's got a book coming out called The Plant-Based uh, Cookbook. And she did a mac and cheese base with hummus. And I was like, what is going on here? And then I tried. I was oh. very skeptical. And then I tried it. And I was yeah. like, oh, I see. It's delicious and rich and hearty. Very good. Decadent. Um, so maybe I'll start playing with hummus a little bit more that's a uh, very very interesting couple times now seeing that that's great uh i've never heard of it in mac and cheese no right i know it's like i think it's probably just one of those things where you can it's almost like you know it's a chickpea right so i guess like you use cashews you're using it as a base for something to make it thick and creamy so all said and done it makes sense but at first glance i was like what is she doing <laughs> and I, told her, I, was like, I was like ashley i don't know about this honey and then i had it and i was like okay i get it she's like i told you um don't we do that all the time in vegan cooking now we're like we're yes. gonna invent this weird combination of things and people go are you sure about that and then they try it and it's really good <laughs> it's really what makes vegan cooking uh so much more fun than traditional cooking is you're playing yeah. with food and you do mention a great thing in the beginning of this book in the intro about how you're not a trained chef and that works to your advantages because you're thinking outside of the box. Uh, and I loved the mention of that because I will say I did go to culinary school and there's times when I'm writing that I find myself going, oh, well, I can't do that. And I, I have... I get myself out of the box because I, I I don't like to think inside the box either, but I do have moments where I have to sort of turn that off and go, you know, no, 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 no. Like I can do this. Like I don't have to listen to those things. That's that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it was helpful <laughs> for some techniques and stuff to go to school, but at the same time, it sure. does really put that little thing in you where you're like, Oh wait, I can't do that. So I love that you mentioned that. Um, that it was, it's just a, a really great perspective to have on that. Cause you are very exciting with your recipes. None of them are pedestrian 
pedestrian. You do think outside of the box. And that's clearly why you have a, a you sort of like have your own sense of it. And it's great. Oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, yes. I grew up around a lot of chefs, so I know a lot of the rules. Yes. But... <laughs> and then you, you that's the I, thing. I them. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. So you knew them and then you break them. I think that's the best part. You had a great base to go from with it. And then you're like, I see that, but I'm also going to break that rule and make that 10 times more delicious. Watch me go. Uh, yeah, I know. Even the idea of using garlic powder was like scandalous in my family for a while. <laughs> well, and so it's funny you say that because that's one of the things I've struggled with actually after culinary schools. And I, I actually put it into my recipes more often than not because that's to me more consistent than a, if I tell somebody a clove of garlic, it could be a big clove, a small clove. It could be super pungent. It could not be. So like sometimes I turn to the garlic powder and something cause I'm like, well, I know I want this dressing to taste exactly like this. And if, if I put garlic powder and I'm going to get closer to them having it exact, like closer to it being foolproof than I would be if I said, Oh, clove of garlic. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And then you and when you want to make dry things as well, like my veggie broth powder mix mm-hmm. that you're so intrigued by. I am. I'm gonna uh, make you know, it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you can put a but that that has garlic powder in it for sure. This one, I, I <laughs> have dry. A, I have a feeling this this veggie because I like you. I like why you made this veggie powder. I often run out of veggie broth and it drives me crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can see myself putting this in my cupboards for sure. This veggie powder. So I can't wait to look at it. But we're on. We're well, moving. I hope in. you love it. I, I bet I will. I don't have a doubt in my mind that I will. Um, just mm-hmm. like I love the desserts chapter. I have a sweet tooth like crazy, and I decided to just open this up and see what. I could make with ingredients I had on hand. And lo and behold, I was able to make the easy as apple turnovers. No problem. And my sweet tooth was totally satisfied and it came together so easy. But you have brownie in a cup, citrus and coconut custard cups, and this personalized chocolate bar sounds right up my alley as well. What's the personalized chocolate bar about? How's that come together? Um, so I just found, uh, especially when I was first vegan, or even now, really, if you if you want a chocolate bar that isn't just you know seventy percent dark chocolate, then you want something a little bit more fun. Uh, you just it's hard to find that, or if you can find it, it's really expensive. And sure. I don't know. I, so I just like taking the things I have, uh, you know, sometimes just using chopped uh, nuts and dried ginger and even candies and different things, and making my own chocolate bars with the fillings that I want in them and you can do it when it's really affordable and really fun and it's, it can also be a really nice gift because it can look really beautiful oh I love that that's great do you have a favorite chocolate bar combination uh, I really like uh coffee beans and nuts and salt I think so Ooh, it's a combination of those three things yeah like maybe toasted beans. almonds oh yeah I love coffee beans and sweets <laughs> that's great well and when we're looking at this dessert chapter here um you have, is there something that you've come to a recipe you've put in this book that you've come to again and again when it comes to desserts for gatherings or friends or family or anything like that that you serve to people that they love? Oh, sure. The uh, the easy, um, what is it called? Easy peasy peanut butter square. Ah, perfect. <laughs> yeah, you can never go wrong with those. They taste like Reese's peanut butter cups, but like 12 times better. And they're really easy to make. And yeah, they're just delicious. I also like that recipe a lot because I use uh, like a cookie in the base of the recipe uh, to make it kind of thick and chewy, but you can play around with that cookie as well. So you could use just like a a vanilla biscuit, but I really like to use ginger biscuits sometimes. It makes it kind of get this little spice. So you can make it a little bit more creative in there, which is really fun. Oh, I'm on board. That sounds delicious. Well, that's great. Y'all have to get this book. It sounds delicious. Listen, we're at our book brag section. Book brag. 
bag. What is uh, <laughs> something you're most proud of when it comes to this uh, book? A humble brag about this book. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm very proud. Well, I love uh, my Choose Your Own Adventure, but I already mentioned that. Uh, so I guess I just, I'm proud that, you know, I did the, all the photography myself. I did all the writing and all the recipes. And, you know, when you just have this book that you worked on for like a year and a half and it arrives in your hands, it's just a really lovely thing. And so yeah, I guess I'm just proud of the entire accomplishment, you could say. As you should be. It's it's a tremendous accomplishment. And uh, writing the recipes and doing the photography for a book is not easy. So congrats to you. Do you have the physical copy in your hand yet? I do. I have only one copy. Yay! It's my pride and joy. Oh, good. <laughs> I don't even allow it in the kitchen yet. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. It's been so interesting with COVID and the shipping and everything. Um, that book I mentioned earlier, the plant-based cookbook by my friend heard pub date got backed up by like almost a month because shipments were delayed. So I'm glad that you mm. have a copy in your hand. That's great. Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, we're going to move into our rapid fire baker's dozen. You ready for a quick round of questions? Oh, sure. Sounds All right. Fun. Here we go. A celebrity you want to make dinner for? Ooh, uh, Hugh Grant. <laughs> nice. Uh, cupcakes or donuts? Donuts. Favorite spice to cook with? Uh, uh, it's nutritional yeast and spice. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Uh, All right. <laughs> song you sing at karaoke, or if you don't do karaoke, what song would you sing at karaoke? Yeah, definitely don't do karaoke, I'm and I probably you. wouldn't ever sing a song because <laughs> I'm a person who doesn't know a single lyric to any song, so I like to sing them with the completely wrong lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot more in common than you think. Okay, we'll do a pass on that one then. I get the lyrics wrong to everything, but the difference is I just sing it out with confidence, and my husband's always like, what did you just say? And I'm like, don't make oh, fun yeah, of me. Yeah. That's the correct lyric. I know it is. And he's like, that's absolutely incorrect. And I'm like, okay. Um, I do the same thing, but just not in front of anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your most frequently used tool in the kitchen? My chef's knife. Easy. Ah, easy peasy. Uh, you're in Toronto, right? Yes, I am. What's your favorite Toronto vegan restaurant? Ooh, I love Planta on Queen. Love Definitely it. my favorite. And what mm-hmm. what is your most used emoji? I think just the regular old smiley face. Oh, <laughs> that's good because you're a smiley face. Uh, if you weren't a blogger and YouTuber, what would your dream job be? Uh, well, before this, I was working as an artist and art director, so I'd probably still okay. be there. All right. And what's your favorite pasta dish and why? Oh, well, I already kind of said this. Tofu bowl because right. it's delicious. Yes. <laughs> Sticking to that. Tried and true. Uh, who was your childhood actor or actress crush? Mm, oh, I had many, I think, but uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jim Carrey. I love it. Uh, Brad Pitt or Bradley <laughs> Cooper is the next question. We're sticking with actors here. Uh, Brad Pitt. All right. Favorite Canadian food, like a food that's specific to Canadian cuisine? Mm, poutine. Yep. Okay. And what's the last <laughs> thing you cooked? The last thing I cooked, uh, vegan chili mac and cheese. Ah, delicious. Well, you did it. That's your questions. Good job. Well, please tell the listeners where they can find you on social media and beyond. 
Oh, yes. Well, you can find me at It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken across the board. My blog is It Doesn't Taste Like Chicken. And uh, yeah, that's where I am. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And everyone, go pre-order a copy of Fast, Easy, Cheap, Vegan, 101 Recipes You Can Make in 30 Minutes or Less for $10 or Less and with 10 Ingredients or Less by Sam Turnbull right now. The book comes out March 30, so get your pre-orders in. Sam, is there an incentive for people who pre-order? There is, yeah. Fantastic. Say, yeah, I have um, a pre-order bonus bundle. So for everyone who pre-orders the book, just hop over to my blog. It'll be posted right at the top. And you can grab five bonus recipes that aren't in the book, that aren't in the blog, they aren't anywhere else. They're only unique to the people who pre-order the book. Perfect. So everyone run out and pre-order now and then get that proof of purchase in. Thank you so much. You're a delight. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad the storm held back and yes. didn't cut out your power yes, again. Yes, <laughs> we made it through. I'm actually, I'm like ticking away, looking at the clock here. I'm like, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. This is going to happen. This is great. <laughs> we did it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a total blast. Yay! What a great gal. Uh, we are going to dig into those popcorn variations at some point. 100. Popcorn's probably popcorn. like our favorite, our favorite go-to snack. Yeah, yes. It's great. Love it, love it, love it. And different toppings make it different popcorn. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of different things, how's Mount Dustin's <laughs> Ooh, dish? That segue. God, that was Ooh. a delicious segue. Delicious segue into Dustin's dish. And listen... Uh, this segue isn't it, it we could have just went right into it from popcorn because it's about popcorn y'all. oh my God. um i've always played with nutritional yeast on popcorn and i've Nooch. never gotten it right because i always just dump it on because i love nutritional yeast so much and i'm always like gosh this isn't like really what i expected i wanted more like just like a kind of cheesy popcorn and instead it ends up sort of just like a dusty mess with a bunch of nutritional yeast on it but i think i found the trick you just got to use a light amount of nutritional sure. yeast. we've yeah. done this the it last goes a week long way. and I've made it for you before and you've been like, "Eh, it's okay. But this last week we did it twice where you just sort of like, just a little dusting over the top. You shake it around, get it on every little bit of it. And like, so good. It tastes like cheesy popcorn. When it's, when Nooch is like that exposed like that, when it's just like on top of something, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's so, it it tastes to me, there's like, like there is a bunch on it. Yeah, it's so good. So that's really my... My Dustin's dish. Just just dress up your popcorn, have fun, play with it. But really, if you're going to go for the nooch and try and get that cheesy popcorn aesthetic uh, and taste, go with a little, just a little dash, a little sprinkle of nooch. Don't be such a pooch. Go for the nooch. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but. um, It's late. We're tired. We usually record this a lot earlier. Yeah, it's like after 10 p.m. We were like, ooh, we need to do this. Oh my gosh, we sound like old men right now. We sure do. You just said, it's after 10 p.m. Um, I haven't emptied my colostomy bag yet. Wow. Sorry. So on that note, please don't forget. Please, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Except for that last part, don't rate or review. Yeah, I got to get this guy to bed. Um, Whatever you are, uh, wherever you're listening, uh, but especially Apple Podcasts, uh, those are helpful to us. Yeah, but everywhere. Just go on ahead, like it, rate, review, subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your mom. Yeah, tell everyone. We'll be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode, and I hope you uh, will join us. Until then, keep on cooking and remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production.